Richard Serrett's Strange Planet, following the truth wherever it leads, exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites, revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality, coming to you from the Great White North and his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard. And welcome to another edition of Strange Planet. It has been uh, almost two weeks since Special Counsel John Durham concluded that the FBI should never have launched a full investigation in connection between Donald Trump's campaign and Russia during the 2016 election. And uh, the John Durham report is our subject on this episode of Strange Planet. Uh, Time permitting, we'll also get into... Um, Henry Kissinger, who just celebrated his 100th birthday. We'll take a look at his legacy and his predictions. And uh, we're going to do that right now with the founder, editor, and publisher of World Affairs Brief, Joel Skousen. Hey, Joel, welcome back. How are you? Well, thank you, Richard. It's good to be with you. And probably nothing exemplifies the uh, deep state and uh, the secret combinations of power that we're dealing with than what happened in this uh, uh, so-called Russiagate and the subsequent report, which turns out to be a whitewash, in my opinion. Right. Six million dollars, uh, four years. I think there were two minor indictments that didn't amount to any um, serious, you know, jail time for anybody, any jail time for anybody, uh, despite, you know, tampering with evidence and so forth. But uh, 300 pages and uh, essentially kind of a slap on the wrist uh, for the FBI. Um Highlights, lowlights, your, your thoughts on, uh, on the John Durham report? Well, you know, the, the way that they do this, they, anyone they pick for a special counsel has to be a controlled lawyer uh, who's got to be sophisticated enough to make it look like he's doing an investigation, but he's going to be stonewalling and then bypassing. The, I mean, look, he came to the conclusion that not only was there no evidence of a Russian collusion with the Trump, there was falsified evidence. Now, that's a violation of law to falsify evidence and try to do a, an investigation based upon it. And, and, you know, one of those uh, token scapegoats that got taken down was an FBI agent who falsified a FISA warrant in order to continue with this stuff. And, uh, you know, he got no jail time, um, you know, but all of these FISA warrants that permit domestic surveillance are, in essence, based upon domestic surveillance prior to the fact. In other words, they go to the FISA court and they say, we have this evidence that this is such such a person has been dealing with. Them. And, you know, the court doesn't ask, well, where did you get this evidence that you're presenting me? And they'd have to say, well, through our domestic surveillance program, which is illegal. So they never do that. And the FISA court never asks. And uh, so, but the Durham report was scathing in terms of its attack on the FBI for politicizing an investigation, for moving forward. It never should have moved forward. There should have never been an investigation. And then nothing. I mean, where's the, first of all, the reason he took four years, it doesn't take four years to come to this conclusion. I mean, this this could have been done within six months while these people were still in the FBI so that they could at least have been fired as a consequence. But now they're gone. 
And I'm sure there are legal statutes hidden away somewhere, which makes it a crime actually to falsify evidence. And he didn't mention any of that. There was no list of crimes or uh, prosecutable, but there was no recommendation to prosecute whatsoever. And so James Comey gets a free pass. Uh, uh, Peter Strzok and his girlfriend get a get a get a pass. And all of these people, of course, went to work for big uh, corporations after they left the FBI. This is part of the revolving door system of the deep state, where you go to work um, either for a big corporation, a military industrial complex, or for news media, or for one of the uh, um, think tanks uh, that abound in Washington D.C. So there's nothing really new, you know, that comes out of this report that we didn't already know uh, that the FBI, the CIA uh, officials within the uh, Obama administration conspired um, to uh, interfere in an election in 2016. Basically, everything that Trump was being (laughs) accused of, including colluding with the Russians, Hillary Clinton, Obama officials, the FBI, they did that. They did, they're did. they the ones that colluded with the Russians. That's right. And Durham said that the Obama administration was fully briefed on all of this. They knew in advance what was it. They knew there was no evidence and they went ahead. So the president himself is, uh, is guilty there. And the Democratic Party doesn't come out clean here. Although in, in some of the things that came out were that are very important, are that uh, the investigation on the Clinton Foundation was dropped summarily. Uh, We know now that uh, not only Joe Biden, but Obama refused to to continue and told the FBI not to continue that investigation. And yet you have something with zero evidence that they prosecuted every day. And of course, the media repeated all that. Interestingly enough, there was a Pulitzer Prize given to the New York Times for the coverage of this Russiagate. And the New York Times and the Pulitzer Prize Committee has refused to rescind that prize, that prize, saying that in fact that it was not false what was presented, even though the Durham report says it was. So, this is the deep state in operation. It's connected to the media. It's connected to judges. It's connected to even special counsels. I mean, remember that Durham took over for a Utah attorney who was a special counsel before, who who took three years at the and did nothing to investigate this thing. Durham took over, and of course, he had prosecuted something there in uh, in New York before, which gave conservatives hope that he was, in fact, going to dig deeper into this. Uh, but I knew it was going to be a whitewash. It turned out to be a whitewash. And uh, of course, you know, the FBI got a scathing rebuke. But interesting enough, the Bureau said, we fixed all these things. The policies, and the, but you see, that was a false statement. It isn't a matter of the policies. The policies were already in place that prohibited this. It was the people in the bureau that were violating the policy. That was the problem. You can't change the policy and fix things when you've got corrupt, crooked individuals politicizing and weaponizing a DOJ investigation. So, uh, who ultimately, who was responsible for picking? Uh, John Durham, John Durham as special counsel. Uh, Bill Barr. Bill Barr. Yeah, who's deep state? I mean, we know that because he was Attorney General under George H. W. Bush, 
he ran the Iran, he, you know, covered up for the Iran-Contra, the drug uh, importation by the CIA and the DEA and all of that stuff that happened uh, during that period. And um, so, you know, Bill Barr was an unfortunate choice by uh, Donald Trump uh, to replace Jeff Sessions. Now, Jeff Sessions, you know, was a conservative, but for some reason he got neutered uh, when he became a He did nothing. He recused himself. Yeah, he recused himself and he didn't have to do that. Uh, so I don't know if they had something on Jeff Sessions or whether or not they scared the living daylights out of him, you know, and he decided to take the soft approach. But uh, Donald Trump was disgusted with him. And, and of course, Donald Trump doesn't know anything about conspiracy. So how does he know who's deep state and who isn't? You have to study the history of cover-ups in government in order to know who was in charge. I mean, Christopher Wray was part of the 9-11 cover-up. Uh, Brett Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court was part of the Vince Foster cover-up. Uh, he was second in command to Ken Starr. It was, in fact, his specific duty was to intimidate and try to get the key witness that was there to prove that Vince Foster's car was not at Fort Mercy Park. So how did he get there to commit suicide? And um, in any case, it, it's a very sordid uh, history. And uh, But these people in charge of the government, uh, in charge of the deep state and all of the enforcement agencies uh, all have a background. Um, we just found out, for example, that um, the current attorney general was in charge of the uh, investigation of the um, Oklahoma City, City bombing. Eric Garland. He, yeah, Merrick Garland. And so he covered up for the government's involvement there and for the government recruiting Timothy McBay and falsifying his relationship with certain right-wing people. It's just a very interesting circle. If you really study conspiracy, you learn a lot about who's who in the government today. Uh, getting back to John Durham, uh, in the report, he also uh, blasts the FBI for failing to interview someone by the name of Charles Dolan. Tell me about Charles Dolan. Well, Charles Dolan was uh, involved in the uh, in the Steele dossier, and um, you know, for them not even to to interview this guy, um, which was a key uh, you know source that the government could have relied upon, and uh, it shows that uh, the FBI wasn't interested in getting the Steele dossier discredited. And so they didn't interview him. Uh, you know, it, Durham doesn't say if he interviewed him. <laughs> and so I, I wonder, <laughs> well, he doesn't say that though. Um, he just accused the FBI of not interviewing, but he could have actually gone deeper into this if he was really spending four years and six million dollars he could have gone after Steele. He could have gone after these other guys that were related to them. And he could have talked, uh, you know, even to the Russians who have been very willing, you know, to expose this uh, deep state operation. One of the other things that came out was that uh, British intelligence apparently were so fed up with this phony baloney story that they refused to cooperate any further with the, the uh, U.S., uh, I guess the FBI or the CIA. That's right. Um, but once again, Durham, it, there's nothing in the report, you know, about his, about British intelligence blowing the whistle on it and, and telling us what they knew about Christopher Steele. In other words, it's just a lot that's not known here. 
that Durham should have exposed. And this would have been a big, big story if he, of course, I don't know, you know, Br British intelligence is very much tied into the deep state as well. So I don't think they're going to blow the whistle on the specifics uh, that would uh, get any of their partners in America in trouble. Um, if Durham wasn't deep state and he wanted to do this investigation properly, uh, could he have made, what would he do, make uh, referrals for prosecutions to the yes. uh, DOJ or how would that work? Absolutely. Yes, he would have made referrals for Peter Strzok, especially for making a political statement that we're going to sink the presidency or, or the election of Donald Trump. That's direct interference by a government official. And you know there's got to be a law that makes that uh, illegal. Um, he should have, I mean, these people can be prosecuted because they were in office. And just because they're out of office doesn't mean they can't be prosecuted. But there was zero referrals for prosecution. And we know that, uh, you know, Mary Garland isn't going to bring up anything on his own. So that's what makes this a whitewash, is that nobody gets jail time. Nobody gets fined. Um, nobody gets banned from government service in the future, which they could do as well. Joel, we'll take a quick time out, come back and uh, continue to discuss uh, the Durham report, uh, FBI corruption and more. Joel Scowson, editor, publisher, World Affairs Brief. It's time to redefine reality. This is Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Joel, how do we subscribe to World Affairs Brief? Um, the World Affairs Brief is showcased on my website, worldaffairsbrief.com. And there's a, a little red letter or sentence on the left-hand side that says, request a sample. And if you request that sample, you get the current brief that talks about what we're talking about today in much more detail. And it tells you at the beginning of that sample how to subscribe either by the month or by the year or two years. It's a modest uh, $48 a year, about a dollar a week for my analysis. And my purpose in writing the World Affairs Brief is to show people how the deep state operates uh, and what the news isn't telling you about the deep state. So we're talking about the John Durham report, 300 pages, $6 million, four years in the making, and um, no recommendations for prosecution, uh, just a whitewash as you describe it. Um, you point out in this edition of uh, World Affairs Brief that uh, Mark Levin on his program claimed the FBI and the Department of Justice not only interfered in Donald Trump's 2016 and 2020 presidential campaign, uh, they're now interfering in the 2024 campaign. So the same people basically involved, um, will they be successful this time around, do you think, in 2024? Well, I don't see any reason why not. I mean, nothing has changed in terms of, you know, the Dominion lawsuit is a uh, is kind of a fig leaf of cover. Uh, it's, they should have never gone after Dominion. You can't prove that Dominion did any of the falsification. What you can prove is that Dominion allowed internet access real time during the election, during the tabulation, and for all the tabulation computers. And that should not be allowed. Uh, so we don't know who actually uh, 
falsified the data. And as I covered in the World Affairs Brief, the real proof that the mainstream media says doesn't exist really did exist, and nobody's covered it except myself. And that is the Edison research data was hacked into during this election. And somebody downloaded all the data, hacked into the database, got it all, and they made a spreadsheet showing how many votes were flipped. And these are millions of votes. You know, the judges kept saying, why don't you tell us anything that will make a difference in the election? Because you can hypothesize that, you know, you might be vote flipping. Give us some numbers so that we can make a ruling. Well, those were the numbers. And nobody in Trump's legal team presented those numbers from the Edison. And the media refused to cover that. Uh, that's where the proof is. And uh, as long as these computers are running the elections and they're tied to the Internet, anyone can intervene if they can hack in and get the, the access codes, which, of course, the deep state does. Are you at all encouraged by the fact that um, uh, a number of counties, uh, an growing number of counties, are now saying no uh, electronic voting machines, we're going to go back to the ballots, and in fact, it's been reported that Dominion's CEO is basically saying we're going to go bankrupt, we're going under, because of the cancellation. Of, of, you know, uh, you have one county, that could be something like, I think, 1,400 voting machines uh, that they're not going to buy. Yeah, but that's just a small percentage. I can't see us, you know, going back. Uh, the state governments, especially the blue states, are very deeply involved, and the red states are uh, too clueless about, uh, you know, how to do a proper. I mean, you can do a, a computerized voting tabulation machine as long as there's no internet access, and you have a very simplified program of simply tabulating the vote that's open source so that people can examine that program. And then you take the tabulation and you put it on a zip drive and you have custody of that. You drive that to the other and you put it in and you have a double check and make sure that it's the same number that you took out of the other machine. Yeah, you can you can do a voting machine that I mean, counting and taking, you know, two to three weeks to count the vote. People aren't going to tolerate that anymore. But we certainly got to have a tabulation computer and not one that can be manipulated. So getting back to uh, the Durham report and the um, crossfire hurricane and so forth, how do you think that this compares this scandal to, uh, to Watergate? Oh, Watergate was nothing compared to this scandal. I mean, Watergate, uh, spying on the opposition is something that every political party has always done. Uh, the problem with Nixon is that he was set up because these people with the CIA, which was part of the deep state even then, wanted to get rid of Nixon. And so he was set up to fail. Uh, when you look deeply into the Watergate thing, uh, I mean, this is just, it's almost uh, the Three Stooges, you know, trying to get caught. And they did get caught, of course. And, uh, and Nixon, of course, tape recording everything he does in the White House. Uh, um, he, he just didn't have a chance. What was interesting is that after Watergate, after Nixon resigned, he spent the rest of his days trying to lick boots into the globalist establishment trying to get back in their good graces. It just was very, very sad. Every globalist agenda, you know, Nixon would come out and support. It was very, very sad instead of fighting. Well, just a quick aside, yeah. uh, but what did Nixon do to offend the globalists that warranted his political assassination, if you will, and involvement in Watergate? 
Well, that's hard to say. Uh, I think it's because he prosecuted Alger Hiss. They never forgave him for that. Alger Hiss, as you remember, was someone who joined the Communist Party uh, and then denied and lied about it. And uh, he was exposed in the trial and, and prosecuted for perjury. And Nixon prosecuted him. But he wasn't a communist, in my opinion. He was a globalist who was joining the communist, just like Henry Kissinger, when he was in the military in Germany, went and joined the Communist Party. So that when the, he would give them all these concessions, they would say, oh, they wouldn't be surprised. He's one of us. Same thing with Alger Hiss, who was involved in the Truman and Roosevelt administrations in Yalta and giving away all these concessions to Stalin. And of course, Stalin said, he's one of our boys and he's sitting right there next to Roosevelt. Um, but that's the way the globalists operate. And I think that's why they went after Nixon is because he prosecuted Alger Hiss. The establishment never forgave him for that. Um, let's move along and talk a little bit about, um, the Biden laptop and, um, Hunter Biden, of course, leaving this laptop behind at a, um, a, a computer repair shop in Delaware, all of these incriminating emails, thousands and thousands of incriminating emails and photo, uh, uh, pictures and so forth. Um, the emails po point to a, um, a, an influence peddling scheme carried on by all the Biden family, it seems, while Joe was vice president. Uh, during the 2020 election, of course, that uh, story broke by the New York Post. The FBI went to uh, Facebook, they went to Twitter, told them that it's Russian disinformation. Uh, they suppressed the story. Um, we had uh, 50 um, former national uh, intelligence officials basically sign a letter uh, at the behest of um, Biden's then campaign manager, Anthony Blinken, who is now Secretary of State, telling him to write this letter, basically saying that it's Russian disinformation. Joe Biden used that during the campaign to deflect, you know, these charges by Trump about this Biden crime family. Well, look, I've got a, a letter here signed off by 50 uh, intelligence agents saying that it's Russian disinformation. Um, <laughs> And we now know this was this was done at the behest of Anthony Blinken. They all knew that it was a legitimate story. Does that meet the the level of treason? What these officials did? No, I I think it's just plain and simple corruption. Uh, for example, Biden is not a puppet of China, even though he's taken millions of dollars from China. The globalists don't care if their people take money from Ukraine or any other type of corruption. That's part of the the promise, you know, we'll cover, we'll give you immunity, we'll allow you to get rich. I mean, look at Hillary Clinton and all of the stuff that she did in, in uh, pay to play, you know, in the Clinton Foundation, and that's gone nowhere in terms of, I think it's just pure corruption. But the deeper part of it is what is treasonous is the fact that there are deep state actors that control all the levels of power in government, including a high percentage of the highest justices in the land, including a majority of congressmen and senators. That's why they do domestic spying. That's what the Epstein thing is all about, is to get dirt on these people so that, not that they really want to betray the deep state, it's just insurance policy. So that if they ever do get cold feet, you know, they can they can blackmail them back into uh, to submission. Uh, but this is, uh, 
once again, what is a violation of the oath of office and a violation of the Constitution is the FBI's refusal to turn over the 1028 forms, which basically they made showing and giving the evidence and showing the, the bank statements and others which show collusion and corruption. And apparently the FBI statement has recordings of a Biden family member promising pay to play, meaning you pay and we're going to give you political favors, et cetera. That's why they are refusing to give this to Congress because they know it'll go public. And Biden is going to be finished if that report goes public. It's an impeachable. It's an impeachable offense. Um, I mean, we have this weaponization of government committee. I think uh, that's chaired by Jim Jordan, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yes, looking from Ohio. Well, James Comer is the one in charge. Ah, James Comer. All right. Yeah. So, is is are they going to get to the bottom? Are they deep state? No, no, they're not deep. There's, Jordan is is a true blue guy and James Comer's good. Uh, you know, I don't trust Kevin McCarthy, but you know, they've got his feet to the fire because they can, they can give him a vote of no confidence at any time if he doesn't play ball. And he is playing ball um, at least publicly. I don't think he will. Uh, but this, you know, the FBI has, has promised, got a commitment out of Comer or Comer got a commitment out of them to turn it over. And they refused again this week. They just are, Stonewalling, they are not going to give the Republicans this ammunition against Biden because it is an impeachable offense. All if right. it's as bad as what they think it is. I mean, the whistleblower, remember, the whistleblower told James Comer what was contained in the 1028 form. And now he's disappeared. <laughs> this is the deep state in action. They can't find him. We've had other FBI whistleblowers come forward and say- well, I'm sorry, the whistleblower is still there, but the informant that told the whistleblower the information has gone missing. We had uh, that testimony from one FBI whistleblower who said, you know, when he was asked, why doesn't, why don't more come forward? And they say, because they're smart, because <laughs> you will be crushed by the deep state. They will crush you. We'll take a sure. quick time out. More of my conversation with Joel Skousen, editor, publisher, World Affairs Brief. Stay with us. Welcome back. Welcome back to Richard Serrett's Strange Planet. Joel Skousen is with us. How do we subscribe to World Affairs Brief? The World Affairs Brief is showcased on worldaffairsbrief.com. And uh, you can click on, the readers can click on uh, request a sample in red on the left-hand side. And it'll give you the current sample and tells you how to subscribe either by the week or the month or by or the year. It's about $48 a year and uh, about a dollar a week to get my perspective on what the deep state is doing is, and what the media won't tell you. So I'm guessing uh, the deep state not going out of business anytime soon. Um, let's say we, miracle of miracles, uh, we have, um, I don't know, Donald Trump wins the 2024 presidential election. Somehow the Democrats are prevented from stealing it. Uh, maybe he appoints someone like, you know, General Michael Flynn as uh, director of the FBI, they clean house. Uh, I mean, do you see any possibility uh, that the, the deep state can be dismantled? I don't, because you see, 
you can't just have circumstantial evidence to prove uh, that they were, you know, you've got to have hard evidence to go to court. And that means you've got to have wiretaps. And who's in charge of the wiretapping? The deep state. Are they going to give you the evidence? They are not. Even if you somehow got it through a whistleblower, the judges, you know, are very much controlled by the deep state. And I don't think that they would, uh, you know, prosecute. they'd find some technicality to give I get you out of. But you see, even General Flynn, you know, as a nice as a person is, he got snookered by the QAnon stuff. And I covered that in the World Affairs Brief. He said, you know, I've got intelligence sources that told me that military people are going to rebel and reinstall Donald Trump as president. And I said publicly, I don't know if it was on your show, but several interviews, I said, that's bogus. I said the NSA would know in an instant if there were military people plotting this type of thing and they would shut them down. There's no way anyone can talk to anyone else without the NSA knowing about it unless it's in person. And that's a very small group. I mean, I've been in the military. There are no senior officers except for retired ones like General Flynn who who aren't globalists. They go through a National Corps, uh, War College curriculum taught by globalists at George Washington University and other universities. Uh, and they don't get promoted to general anymore or admiral unless they're deep state. All right. Henry Kissinger just celebrated his 100th birthday and um, is unrepentant in terms of uh, uh, his uh, opinion that, you know, welcoming communist China into the uh, global community and the World Trade Organization was a good thing. Your thoughts? Well, you know, he was interviewed just recently about that. And the interviewer asked him directly, he said, are you sorry for having brought China? Because it's obvious China has used the economic power derived from world trade to build a top flight military that is now challenging. He said, no, it would have happened anyway. That isn't true at all. In fact, it was a Republican. It was Newt Gingrich who sold conservatives on his contract with America. And as soon as he got another, the very first thing he did was push for China's entrance into the World Trade Organization, which was not part of the contract. And it shows that he was a sellout artist itself. China never would have developed uh, the military technology, if it were not for having been able to steal a lot of technology through the companies that as a condition of doing business in China, you have to turn over all your your scientific secrets to, to, to China. Um, and of course, uh, you know, China has um, been stealing a lot of technology. They've got a tremendous uh, espionage system. That's enough to have, be able to cut off trade from anyone. We have no business, but now we're hooked on China. Almost 80% of our retail products are made in China now. And so and what's interesting is the deep state promoted this not only to build an enemy, which I've covered many times in the world, but also to hide inflation. You see, they've been able to downplay what has normally been seven to nine percent inflation when the government says it's two to three percent, it's been seven to nine. And the reason that you downplay inflation is you get all those goods from China, which is done cheaper than American manufacturing. And so it appears that, well, inflation isn't as bad as it really is because you're getting a deflation or price deflation through products from China. And uh, 
There's just no way out of that now. We can't really sanction China without hurting our own American consumers. Unbelievable. Um, aside from China, um, your thoughts on Henry Kissinger's legacy? Well, Henry Kissinger also gave Russia the miniature ball bearing technology in part of the Nixon administration. That's why he kept Nixon drugged with these mood altering drugs so that he could basically control the presidency during uh, the Nixon era. He authorized the ball bearing, miniature ball bearing machines that allowed Russia to merve their missiles, meaning multiple independent targeting warheads. They couldn't do it because it takes specific gyros that guide those warheads. They didn't have the technology to produce the miniature ball bearings to do those gyros, something so simple as that, but it's high tech. And once again, Hissinger, Kissinger said to Nixon, they're going to get it anyway, so we might as well get the money for this corporation. Same old story. So one betrayal after another. But Kissinger, the worst thing about Kissinger is he gave away all of this during the peace negotiations at Paris for Vietnam. And one of the things that he gave away, he said to them, and this was I got from an insider source who was there, said, just give us three years before you take back South Vietnam. In other words, he knew he was betraying South Vietnam. I mean, why did you have to betray Taiwan as part of the, the you know, you're betraying Vietnam. That should be a gift enough to China. But they, he wanted China to have UN status and gave them a seat on the Security Council with veto power. Why would you do that to another communist country? Bad enough having Russia giving multiple parts of the Soviet Union uh, veto power as well, and you add China to it. That's why we've never been able to get anything done in the, in the, uh, in the United Nations. One last time, how do we subscribe to the World Affairs Brief? Well, just go to worldaffairsbrief.com and get a free sample, and that tells you how to subscribe. Uh, one last word, uh, Joel. Um, the Russians claim that they, uh, the... Um, private paramilitary group, the Wagner Group, says they've taken Bakhmut in eastern Ukraine. This is the, the site of the perhaps the bloodiest and most protracted battle in Europe since the Second World War. Zelensky says, no, they haven't taken it. We're still fighting for it. Uh, who's telling the truth? Who's winning that war? Well, Bakhmut is destroyed. When you see the uh, aerial pictures of it, it's just a wasteland now. Nothing. Living there, all the civilians are gone. What's interesting is that the Wagner group now has taken possession of them, but they are now mostly surrounded and can't get out. So that's what's really happening there in Bakhmut is that they're in a tough situation because they are sitting there in a charred out ruin of the city and uh, they're, they're surrounded at least on three sides by Ukrainian troops. They're trying to close it in to... Um, to basically starve out and capture the Wagner Group. Now, I'm not sure that's going to happen, uh, but uh, it's not a real victory for Russia, I'll, I'll say that. And going forward, what are your thoughts on, on who will prevail? Well, you know, it all depends on this uh, offensive of Ukraine, which is, is coming. And um, with American tanks, their tank forces are being regrouped. They've given all kinds of symbols of where false information about where it's going to happen. So we nobody really knows yet until it does happen. But uh, I think uh, we're really going to have a significant impact on uh, 
the Russian positions. I think Russians are going to take some real losses, but I don't think that Ukraine's going to be able to take back the Donbass. I think it's just going to prolong the war further, but it's going to damage Russia. Now, it's really a race to see if Russia can win this war before cancer completely cancels out Vladimir Putin. He does have cancer. He's really got serious health problems. And uh, that's the race the U.S. is trying to win right now is to get the Russians to uh, concede and to pull out at least of uh, Donbass. They'd like to get Crimea. I'm not sure that's going to happen. But it all depends on Vladimir Putin. If he dies, there's going to be a major shakeup in the Kremlin, a major power struggle trying to replace him. All right. Great insights as always. Joel Skousen, editor, publisher of World Affairs Brief, worldaffairsbrief.com to subscribe. Thank you, Joel, as always. My pleasure, Richard. A new Richard Serrett's Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 